This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Cause we're gonna be Yo, 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 this is Ruben Harris. I'm here with the homies, Archer and Timor Meister, and this is the Breaking Stars podcast. Timor, can you please tell the people what we're doing today? Yes, so today we're actually um, sitting here in San Mateo, and we're recording this episode out of uh, Hero City Draper University, and um, this doesn't always happen, but we have a lot of cameras rolling right now. We actually have a live audience, and uh, that's because we have a very cool guest today. And Ruben, can you please introduce the guest? Yes, sir. We're here with Gary Vaynerchuk, who many of you know as a rock star entrepreneur, but he's also an author and a speaker. He's a four-time New York Times bestseller. He runs an 800-person media agency. He was an early investor in Twitter, Snapchat, and Uber. And what's amazing about this podcast episode is we're not just going to talk about um, how to build companies. We're going to talk about how a lot of people launch a company without understanding how the game works and what it takes to break into a job, learn different skills, and kind of go from there. But before doing that, just want to say welcome, Gary. Thanks, guys. I'm really excited yeah, about this. Appreciate it. Yeah. So a lot of folks uh, out there who are listening, uh, they're like they're obsessed with companies, right? Starting companies, but a lot of them may not have the skills. So uh, if you're, I guess, 25, 35, 45 and you are starting over and you want to eventually own a company, but what would you do now to acquire that skill to become that entrepreneur that you want to be like? So I think, you know, just getting the sense of the energy of the podcast and, and the audience, I think the first thing that we have to, to really do here is take a step back. I think we need to understand when there are bubbles and when there are trends mm-hmm. that are going to hurt people. And yeah. This notion for people that are under 25 that starting a company has kind of become the going to grad school, has become going to college, has become I've got to save for retirement, I have to buy a home, I have to get married. Like it it has become like standard. And I think that's insane and scary because that is literally like going to the NBA has become standard. Like it is very hard to build a very big business. Like most people will never build a business that makes a million, like 99% of people don't have the ability or will ever achieve running a business that makes a million dollars in profit, let alone the audacity and the, and it's awesome. I mean, blind youth, listen, I win on, you know, not knowing much, like you guys just said, Hey, sorry, it's a directional, not an, I'm like, what are you like? I don't know anything, but the one thing I've always known is how to make money and build a business. And it's crazy. You know, a rock star entrepreneur, those two words were never together just seven years ago. Yeah. Like this has become a real thing. That is a bubble. It's a bubble. Now, does that mean that person on the other side of this can't build a business? Absolutely not. But I I think you need to start with self-awareness. There's a lot of good kids, a lot of people out there that are really good workers, are really smart, super organized, like have unbelievable amounts of skills. And my biggest fear, and I say this a lot, is, oh shit, this is going to be the era where a lot of people could have went and been number 13 Mm -hmm. at Reddit, number 41 at Facebook, number 109 at Google and Yahoo. Instead, they think they need to be number one at Laundryland. (laughs) <laughs> and they're going to waste a lot of money, a lot of time. Now, the reason a lot of people have done this is there's been a lot of easy money. Yep. There's been so much money in venture capital. Now, that easy money has been really directed mainly towards white males from good schools. So it's not like, you know, when people are listening, they're like, what is he talking about? Like, 
I understand what I'm talking about, but I also understand how not everybody's been able to get to it. By the way, I would have never been able to get to it because even though I'm a white male, I was a shit student. Mm -hmm. And as a matter of fact, we were talking before and he said, hey, so remind me about the fund. I was like, no, I've had a $25 million fund. I was about to raise a $150 million fund, but I, I put it on the side. But when I was going through that two years ago, on the back of investing in Facebook and Twitter and Tumblr and Uber and all these things before they popped, on the back of that, there were still family offices that didn't want to write me checks because I went to Mount Ida College, not Stanford. And I was like, and I loved it. Like, I love losing. Like, I like getting punched in the mouth. I just thought it was ludicrous. I'm like, wow, you literally think a piece of paper matters more than fucking results. I'm not yeah. talking shit. I did shit. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, exactly. So, so anyway, nonetheless, man, there's a lot to cover here. But the biggest thing and the, the reason I'm starting with this rant is please don't think you have to. Please. Here's a good one. If you're 22 years old and you never sold shit growing up, you've got a problem. Mm-hmm. convincing me that you're going to build some big time business. Yep. Like, like if you didn't sell blow pops, if you didn't download music <laughs> on, on CDs and flip them, if you didn't do what I did, which was, man, I was lemonade stand at five, you know, raking, raking leaves, washing cars. I'm Jewish and sang fucking Christmas carols for a dollar. <laughs> like, like, you know, so like baseball like cards, like that was my whole life. Yeah. And I, I just think a lot of people who are academia or by the way, who I value, like the people that I plan on making multimillionaires are people that have those skills because I don't and you need a team. Not everybody's the quarterback. Somebody's the left tackle. You need a punter. You need them all. This, everybody's got to be a startup founder because they think they can. Here's the problem. In business, it's different than singing. On American Idol, back in the day, when you <laughs> went in front of Simon, when we all watched yeah. those first two episodes where they showed all the bad people, nobody was confused that you sucked, right? <laughs> but with business... It takes some time to figure out if you suck. Yeah. Like it feels like anybody can start. And yeah. then when everybody got checks, like free money, like everybody built businesses that they were losing money every month. Exactly. This exactly. town that we're sitting in right now, mm-hmm. the last seven years, what I've watched, it doesn't take a hero to raise $2 million and then lose $30,000 a month mm-hmm. until you run out and then start over and be like, I learned something. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a broken game, mm-hmm. but it's an incredible game. I'm not trying to stop anybody from doing it. Here's what I would say. Don't amass debt to start a business if you don't know you're good. Fine if you want to raise capital from other people, but remember when you lose, they remember. And when you're 27 and you've got a scarlet letter on your chest and nobody good ever wants to fuck with you, that's bad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's definitely bad if you lost your aunt's money Mm -hmm. because that's just weird. You know, and so... If they want to be successful, here's my, here's my two cents on this. I think kids should go work for people for free and keep it humble for the first three years, free to as little as possible. Mm-hmm. I think every one of you in this room should like live in the same one-bedroom apartment, but work for the best person you can get in front of for free because the IP, the, in, the intelligence, the watching how people do it. I promise you, Maribel, who's sitting across from me, who's on my team mm-hmm. in the office Shout CEO and, and, and special projects, you know, she's got her master's, she's got all this. I, listen, she may not agree because she doesn't always agree with me, which I, <laughs> I love her for that. But like, I know she learned a lot this last year and it's different than what you learn in a classroom. You just can't, you can't learn it. It's like sports. Like you could read books about how to play basketball, but until you get on the court, the fuck? And yeah. that's what's happening. And so, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer 
I just want practicality back in the system because I think a lot of, you have to understand people wrap their self-esteem up in their business. You start a new business, you're 24, you're telling your mom, you're telling your homies, you're like, I got this business and you're fucking flashing it and you put entrepreneur in the title of your Instagram and you're on, and you're on blast now. And when it fails, all your self-esteem goes with it. And I want to remind everybody, 99% are going to fail. Yeah. This isn't 50. Yeah. So like everybody who's saying like, yeah, yeah, but I'm going to break through. Cool. But like 99% are going to fail. Yeah. Plus, the economy's been phenomenal for nine years in a row now. Yeah. So all the kids, if you're like, you've got to be 32 to even basically kind of remember when shit was bad. So if you're under 32, you've never been punched in the fucking mouth. So you don't even know the difference. Yeah. You think it's just always going to be like this. You don't yeah. know what it really looks like. You're not winning and building a business during easy times. The fuck are you going to yeah. happen when no money is around? Yeah. So I'm concerned. But I'm optimistic. Yeah. I just wish people got real with themselves. Yeah. And you and you say a lot about like working nine to fives and like working for free is one thing, but you also talked about how like making time is, is an interesting thing. So during the job, while you're saving money, you can do a lot of things with those extra hours to continue to develop skills. Like can you kind of elaborate a little yeah. bit more about look, that? Look, look, I, I think we're talking about our lives. So when you're talking about your life, my big thing is like you better go like a lot of people like Gary Vee pedals like no all hustle and it's not healthy i'm like look i talk about sleeping six seven hours a day i want everybody to sleep i'm just curious about the other 16 yeah you know i'm curious about your 16 hours mm-hmm. i don't know i'm programmed every minute mm-hmm. like i'm because i'm because i'm ambitious because mm-hmm. i want it mm-hmm. and so you know i'm struggling there's a lot of 24 year olds who've watched the entire season of crown and i'm just like yo <laughs> if you're gonna be a billionaire like that's a bad idea <laughs> like you know and totally. like and they're dominant at Candy Crush and they're in, like they're they're real Call of Duty gangsters and like they've listened to like every new album that second it comes out. Like they're just spending a lot of time and listen, you should have leisure, you should have escapism. You do you, everybody's got different DNA. My big thing is like people complain mm-hmm. and people talk shit. Yeah. And if you do either one of those two, I need to see you working. Yeah. <laughs> and and so and so you could you could be working nine to six, paying off your college debt. I'm just curious about what's happening 7.30 to midnight. And when I start looking at those four and a half, five hours, when I really get in deep and get to know a kid or if I have a real conversation, when I start hearing two of those four and a half hours are being wasted times five days a week, times seven days a week, in a world where I know what I did and I also know what the people that I've seen be successful did, which is, it's obsession. It's every minute. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and the, I that's mean, there's what, 168 hours in a week, like you said. Yeah, and I think also like growing up with immigrant parents, like Timur and I immigrated from Ukraine when we were 11, and seeing how hard our parents work, like they moved to a new country without knowing a word of English. Uh, my dad was working at a factory. My mom was like doing like uh, she was like working at like a various like maid roles and right, just cleaning fucking how, people's yeah, shit. And they were working like 10, 12 hours a day and then coming home and trying to like maintain a family. And I think just what, seeing that, and I know you talk a lot about your family and how hard you worked, just I think the whole mindset of like the immigrant mindset, I wish more people have adopted it and just kind of understood what it takes, how hard other people work. My man, when you talk about entrepreneurship, immigrants have a ridiculous advantage mm-hmm. because they know the alternative. If you're born in America, the richest fucking country in the world, even if you're not that good, you're still soft compared to the rest of the world. Like, I have a lot of friends who grew up super humbly. Like, I went to Mount Ida College. 90% of the college was African-American and Latino and, like, (laughs) like some ghetto kids, right? (laughs) Anyway, 
I just remember like, since the last 20 years, like just remember like how many times someone told me things like, man, I thought I grew up tough in Newark, but like I visited my family in like Haiti or like, you know, or like, like I just think we lose perspective. Mm -hmm. And I think you're right. Like I didn't see my dad until I was 14 years old, even though he slept in the same home as me every night of my life wow. mm-hmm. because he left before I woke up and he came home after. And my mom didn't have a maid. My mom was the maid with three kids. Like my mom never had any help. We didn't have a baby. I, I was never watched by a babysitter in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Like we worked, like worked, like real work. Yeah. And yeah, I think people, I think people are yeah. unbelievably soft to the ambition coming out of their mouth. You have to understand, if you tell me, I don't want to work. I want to, ha- I want to be on a softball team. Mm-hmm. I want to be, I want to enjoy my weekends. I want to watch The Crown. I want to be good at fucking Angry Birds. I want to see my kids. I want, I'm like, that's fucking great. <laughs> that, uh, mazel tov, like amazing. And if you want to make between 50 and $250,000 a year, I think a lot of people can achieve that depending on their job. Mm-hmm. You start creeping into like, Three, four, five, six hundred land. You're going to be an executive somewhere, and they're going to expect you to work for three, four, five, six hundred thousand dollars a year. Hundred percent. You start talking shit out of your mouth that you're going to make a million. The fuck do you think that looks like? Yeah, yeah. Like there's no passive income. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You got to work for it. And um, Gary, you talk about a lot about um, kind of the people that you surround uh, surround with. They're the kind of like the reflection of where you're going to go. And um, I was watching one of your videos where you said for like 2018. Gain a friend, lose a friend. Yeah. Why? Can you talk? Can you share with our listeners why it's important um, to be careful who yeah. you surround yourself with? Yeah. So this is a tough subject matter, right? Because as soon as this content always comes out, people get mad at me. They're like, "Yo, why? Why do you want me to drop my boy?" You're like, I get it, <laughs> right? Here's what I'm saying. I've been on a huge kick about self awareness, like you know, huge kick on mental strategies. You know, trying to find the fine line between being a like what people think I am, like a motivational, you know, I'm scared because I don't want to be a motivational speaker, yeah. but I know my, if you only watch me on Instagram or you, you could get tricked. And so I'm always like trying to find angles and I've really been getting into strategy more and more. I'm like, oh, my mindset is my strategy. Mm-hmm. It's not like I believe in the secret. Like if you, if you, if you're optimistic or positivity or yeah, you can do it. I don't think, I think, yeah, 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 you can do it is important because it's a match. Yeah. Like rah, rah is important because it's a match. Yeah. But I also know a week later, people like go back to their normal place so i'm trying to think about marathon mindset Mm -hmm. i think one of the biggest things is who the fuck you hang out with here's why d-rock let's use him i just think he's a different fucking dude hanging out with me for the last three years (laughs) and to be very honest with you it's not even close like watching certain insecurities certain like it's been it's been game changing like i watch people that are closest to me like when they come to me, build a lot of confidence because I have a lot of confidence. I'm rubbing mm-hmm. off on them. Yeah. I also f- watch how I change, whether it's my wife or Maribel or Marcus or or Claude or whoever it may be, like or my team or D Rock. Like I think I think about creative differently than I did three years ago because D Rock rubbed off on me. That's what happened. You look at an old married couple; they're the funniest. I <laughs> wish you could see it. Like, it's amazing what happens with couples. They, like, mm-hmm. gel into each other, right? Like, and that's what happens. Yeah. I think a lot of people hang out with somebody who's a negative vibe. Yeah. And I just think that some people hang out with four negative vibes. So if your mom's negative, right, and your older sister's negative, mm-hmm. and you have two negative best friends, fuck it. Drop one of those two and go to the light and try to find the most positive person. Yeah. It's just so obvious to me. Mm. I see it every day. Yeah. There's people that either are trying to build you up because they're good. 
I'm popular because I'm so good inside mm-hmm. that I'm trying to build all of you up because I don't think it's coming out of my pocket. Yeah. Like I'm going to get mine. hundred percent. And so I want you to be happy. And so then that makes me happy. Yeah. But if you're sad, you're trying to bring people down. When somebody goes on my Instagram account and trolls me, I feel sad for them. <laughs> when they tell me I'm ugly or stupid or I suck, like yeah. I have a lot of female entrepreneurs I'm an investor with and like a lot of them like, Gary, I want to be like you, but when I go out there, I have to deal with all the women shit. And they're right, right? Like dudes are fucking gross. And like, and then even if not dudes, you just see other women, like women bash women. And you know, I've been studying a little bit the like, last couple months, like, you know, like, why are you wearing that? I'm like, geez, that's super conservative. <laughs> like that's like the dresses to the knee. Like it's not even like, you know what I mean? But yeah. like, but but it's all the same game. It's not women on women crime. It's not it's not dudes being gross. It's people who are not in a good place trying to drag somebody else down. Yeah, yeah. And so that's why I think it's a big deal. I think it's painful. You've been homies with the person, or it's your mother. Like I think people should drop their mother. Not really. Like hear me out. <laughs> like you're not gonna drop your mother forever but maybe you don't need to talk to your mom three times a day if she's super negative. Maybe you need to talk to her three times a week mm-hmm. and that will change your life. Like yeah. I don't understand if I, I, it's become the most obvious thing to me in the world and so I'm hopeful that I can break through. I'm, I'm, I'm desperate that one person listening right now is like, fuck it. And, and if it's like somebody you can kind of get rid of, you know, like a friend is easier. <laughs> Family scares me and I, the amount of people who have a positive father and mother, both, are almost nobody. Yeah, no, it's, 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 a, it's a rare thing. And I'm glad that you brought up the uh, D-Rock because he actually wrote a post on Medium. What was the name of that, that post again? Well, he has a bunch of posts on Medium that you guys can read about breaking in. What were the specific things that D-Rock did that like jumped out to you that other people could take advice on to learn how to like make an impression with someone that has a schedule like yours? He did. He worked for free. He made a piece mm-hmm. of content for free and it was good. Mm-hmm. And, he was perse- and he persevered. I think he emailed me three or four times we've established, right, Rock? Like, mm-hmm. you know, and he did it tastefully, right? Like, in the last week, two people have emailed me 47 times in a row thinking, like, that's going to penetrate me. All that does, if you email me 47 times in a row and spam my inbox like that, all that's happening is I'm hitting my IT department and you're getting blocked for life. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're not winning that game. Yeah. So, you know, there's a fine line between perseverance and annoyance. He's just a good person, so it came natural to him. And just, you know, and he made something. Yeah. He, did, he did something. People talk. He made something. Mm-hmm. I liked it. We did another thing. And then very quickly, I intuitively was like, let's jump on board. I do it all the time. I'm, I'm one of the, I get paid so much money to give a speech. It's not even funny, right? Like, mm-hmm. I get paid more money now to give one singular speech than I made for the year financially. 14 years ago. Yeah. At 28 years old, I did not make $150,000 that year. Wow. I now get paid $150,000 minimum to give a speech. Mm-hmm. Wow. How? I spoke for free. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I put I put I put it on wax. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like and all these people walking around and saying, "Well, then you're not don't work for free because then <laughs> that's what you're worth, right? Like get your worth yeah. like on this high horse, you know all that." Yeah. I'm like, "Cool." But when nobody wants to hire you, <laughs> means you're worth zero. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like this, you know, what you have is you have these creators and artists who've gotten paid, yeah. who don't want the supply and demand of an issue of the work getting diluted. I think every 
business person should give away free content. Doesn't yeah. scare me. It's like yeah. giving out voice tapes. I'm doing it. Yeah. yeah. And not yeah. just content too. Like we get people hitting us up all the time. Like, hey, I'm a career switcher. I'm going from finance into engineering and I want to get a job. And a lot of them start applying for like the jobs on the website, even though their resume doesn't say software engineer. And so we always say, hey, number one, never apply on the website. It should always be like an email. Maybe you could get introduced. Maybe it's a cold email. Number two, kind of differentiate yourself, like build a side project. You're applying to GitHub, maybe create a 404 page that get, gets their attention. Or if you're a product manager, maybe redesign a part of their website and come up with some, Show. add some value first. And you actually talk about uh, kind of a jab, jab, uh, left hook, right? Because it's all about adding value first. Once you uh, show them enough value, then they'll come to you and offer you whatever you want to get. Also, don't be fancy. Like, guess what? Like Slack doesn't give a fuck that you worked at Goldman Sachs. <laughs> Facts. You know, so like, so, so when you're making a switch, you got to start over and be humble. Like yeah. I, I have, I'm trying to think of a good one. I had something recent last two or three years where I did something new and I just, actually probably the way I negotiated my K-Swiss deal, my K-Swiss sneaker deal, like I negotiated super humbly. Like I knew what was going to happen, mm -hmm. but I didn't, even though I knew, even though I had all the leverage, I negotiated it like I was a first timer. Yeah. Uh, VaynerMedia. Even though I was this kind of emerging cool kid in the Web 2.0 tech world and knew Zucks and Travis and, you know, Ev and was this like real thing, yeah. real, like real, real. When I went to Madison Avenue, nobody gave a fuck. And I didn't walk out there and say, I'm here now. Mm -hmm. I ate shit for three, four years, stayed real, real, real quiet. And like, so I think that, um, I think that it's stunning to me. This is the problem with having it a certain way. Like if you were a great student and then you went to Penn and then you went to work at Wall Street, and now you've decided you're miserable, which would make a lot of sense to me, right? Because for a lot of kids, once they've achieved some money, they're like, okay, that didn't fill me up, actually, especially when they come from money. You know, it's funny. This is a funny thing to say, especially given the context of today's day. I feel equally weird about rich kids getting into depression as I do non-white kids struggling with coming up from nothing. Like, mm -hmm. we don't have empathy. It's, I don't expect a black boy who's from welfare to feel bad for Thurston Thompson III who yeah. has a million dollars in his trust fund when he's nine. It's just, but I just know that like some of the most deeply depressed, struggling people I know had it so easy, yep. wake up at 30, are not happy, not fulfilled, mm -hmm. have that weird life, they go to make that switch, but they don't have humility. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're stuck, they've been built a certain way, so they don't have the ability what people that deal with adversity do is they have a chip on their shoulder. They usually get too over angry, but they definitely have humility Yeah, because they, they were forced into humility. I have unlimited humility. All my teachers told me I suck shit. Super hard to think you're great. Like, yeah. you know, like, yeah. like, you know, so. Yeah. For, for a lot of the people that uh, might see entrepreneurship as the MBA and they understand there's a lot of steps to get in, they're a little bit older too. Like you talk about like age and like learning a new skill. Like what are your thoughts about people that might be in there like, 40s or 50s that want to I think switch. they have a great you know that's the biggest funny thing to me all the 20 year olds are jumping into this game and meanwhile all the 40 year olds and 50 year olds are more likely to win it because they have context mm -hmm. like it's crazy to me that I look at an eight I, I look at a 22 year old dude who's like I'm starting a startup company and then a 49 year old woman walks in and says I've been an accountant for 23 years I want to build this startup she always interests me more because usually the next thing out of her mouth is yeah, I've been an accountant for 31 years. I noticed that I couldn't find the product 
that helped me do this. Mm -hmm. She's scratching her itch from experience. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, the dude is looking to make the Uber of pancakes. (laughs) You know what I mean? So like, so I would tell you, and I don't know your audience and I assume you're asking this question because, which excites me that you have this audience. There was a video I made. I don't remember what it was called. Iraq, like 40, 50, 60 year olds, like five minutes for the next 50 years, six minutes, six minutes for the next 60 years of your life. And it was completely made for people 40 and above. Yeah, man, I, I, I look, I've got some weird thoughts. I, there, I have this dream recurring. It's not a dream. It's a, what, what do we call them? Daydreams, like just yeah. visions when during the day. I keep thinking about this. Um, I guess that's a dream. I get it. Um, I keep having this thought about this woman. I'm not joking, by the way. I've never said this. I keep having this thought about this woman. She's 74. She, her husband just died. She was suppressed because of the era she grew up in. She was dramatically more entrepreneurial and had more ability to build a business than her husband. She raised a great family because of that. She had the EQ. And she's going to live for another 22 years. She just doesn't know it. Mm -hmm. And then I think about technology. I think about in 1984, her, she's just going to live in a retirement home and be super social and it's super cool and she'll make some money playing cards and she'll be cool And then I think about 2017 and I think about 73 year old her and I think about her ability to build a business online, buying stuff, you know, in China and flipping it on Amazon retail Mm -hmm. arbitrage, starting an Instagram page around her passion around making sneakers from scratch. Like this thought and what I think is going to happen is with modern medicine and just happiness in your heart and your brain, Mm -hmm. I think we're going to start seeing people, this is not a joke, I think we're going to start seeing people live to 120 115 because they're going to be in the game. Mm -hmm. Like they're going to be in the game. Mm -hmm. And when your brain shuts down after you retire, a lot of times your body goes with it. So man, I think, I think 38 to 65 is the obvious, really interesting age group that should Mm -hmm. really be fucking paying attention to technology and the opportunities Mm -hmm. for them. But I'm, and I don't think there is as many 73 year olds who've just lived life who are like fired up to like grind it out. But I think as these 73 year olds become 73 who've lived with the internet for 20 years and at 53 were professionals and like, I think we're about this, I I would argue the following, and I've been thinking about this a lot, that some of the biggest startups, or let me rephrase, because I think it does take a youth and a different eye, let me go a different way. A very intriguing place for me as an investor is to start investing in people's companies who are over 70 starting their first ever business because I think a lot of them are going to build $5 million a year businesses kicking a million dollars in profit. Mm -hmm. I don't expect them as much, and I could Mm -hmm. be wrong, but I don't intuitively feel the Ubers and the Slacks and the Wazes are coming out of that. But do I think a direct-to-consumer jelly company like peanut butter and jelly? Do I think a sock company? Do I think a handkerchief company? Do I think a pillow company? Do I think, you know, an eight to $15 million retail business based on content and product is going to be coming? Like I've been weirdly thinking about creating a retirement home that's an incubator. That's, a, that's really interesting. <laughs> it's yeah. interesting, yeah, right? Really like you guys heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is the first time I've ever said it. D-Rock? Because I've been, I've been marinating. I've been marinating. I'm like, oh, I got an idea. Yeah. What if... What if it's a retirement home? They don't want, you know how many people don't, they don't want to go to retirement homes. What if it's a retirement home that's like a fucking Facebook-like campus? It's an incubator. <laughs> and they yeah. spend so much time like looking at clothes for their kids. They probably know all the deals at Kohl's and Marshall's. And oh, all that type don't even start on the, but man, you got it. Like the kid, the, what 16-year-olds are doing with Supreme 
and fucking Yeezys, I think 78-year-old Gertrude can fucking crush it at Marshalls <laughs> and TJ Maxx. Like she, yeah. like, and so like, like honestly, and what's been great about this is that I've been really excited about this because I'm like, yeah, like I'm gonna fucking do some real Yoda shit, 80 to 130, right? Like now all of a sudden it's like, you know, now it's like, this is why I always talk about being young. Yep. When I hang out with all you characters, you don't know because I know when I was 20, how old are you? When I was 19, somebody 42 was like a thousand. Like when I when I left when I left my when I started in my dad's business, my cousin was 30. I was 22. He was old as shit to me. I remember. I remember thinking like, oh, that's like some different shit. Like I'm a kid. That's like a grown up. So he sits here at 19, looks at me, and it's like, yeah, okay, maybe like maybe like. I've got a little bit more like street cred for a 42 year old, but it's still 42. Yet I feel like we're friends. Like I look at him and I'm like, we're the same. Mm -hmm. And if kids knew that, I'll give you one. If guys knew that they should fucking shut their mouth, really work through their 20s, make no money the first five years, learn, really then do something, and all the things they want in 20s, girls, like closing the gap of their insecurities, clothes, bling, that the way to really do it is to eat shit from 20 to 30, build yeah. that foundation, then slowly mm-hmm. start building something. When you're a 37-year-old guy, you can, guess what? In the dynamics <laughs> in the world, you can date plenty of 25-year-old women if you choose to. It's not even looked frowned. It's not 60 and 20. Like, you can do plenty of that stuff, but guys don't think like that. It's yeah. impatient. And so, there's just a, I just think most of the world's doing it yeah. wrong. Yeah, yeah. I and, really do. And um, on the podcast, we actually talk about this notion of looking at your perceived disadvantages and turning them into advantages. So to your point, like a seven-year-old might think of it as like it's a perceived disadvantage or it's a disadvantage. But in reality, if you're like a seven-year-old who wants to start a business, you can appeal to other seven-year-olds who are not starting a business. So there is a lot less competition. You can find something that's unique about you. You have time. You have time. You You have time. um, You often have some form of money, mm -hmm. but you have the best part. You fucking lived life. Yep. Like the reason kids create Uber and Facebook is they're, they know nothing, so they reinvent. Mm-hmm. So that's why they make billions. Yeah. But when you're 70 and you've seen everything, mm-hmm. you can make a five, $10 million business because you're like, I've seen this rodeo before. Yeah. And like, I'll do this because it's going to be for three years. Or when a fad comes, it goes, you've learned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, when you, and when you're in your 20s and 30s and like you're thinking about working for free and either eating shit for a while or whatever, like, what do you think? So you, I've also heard you say, don't live for the weekend. Hmm. Like live for like. Do, yeah, if like, you live for the weekends, your shit is broken. Look, if yeah. your fast, if your best moment is Friday afternoon, that means you hate your Monday through Friday. And people mm-hmm. get mad at me again because like Gary, fucking, I look forward to the weekends. I love my family. It's not all about money. You're such an asshole. It's family. I'm like, no, no, no. You're not listening. If you are so unhappy. Don't forget, 168 hours, right? You're talking about 64, you know, six, you take in commuting, mm-hmm. you could be in the ball, getting ready, commuting, working a little bit from home on email, just, you're talking about half. When it's all said and done, mm-hmm. oh wait, I'm sorry, you take in sleeping? More than <laughs> half your, actually, it's actually not even close. You basically live to work. Mm-hmm. If you're unhappy, where are you going? Yeah. Like, so yeah, I'm, yeah, I think about it a ton. Like, yeah. if you're not happy, and by the way, everything I've just said for the last half an hour, if you're happy and agree with nothing I've said, well, you've won. I don't want yeah. to, who am I to judge? Totally. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Just, I'm just trying to give people some perspective on, there's too many people who 
are making money off of people making mistakes. And I just don't want to be that guy. Like, yeah. like I'm not, I don't want to be somebody who like, let me give you a great idea I have right now. You want to be a bad guy? You want to be a bad gal? Start lending people with real interest money so they can buy cryptocurrency. Mm. Here's why. I'm a fan of crypto, but mm. a lot of money is going to be lost on crypto. Yeah. Crypto, listen, I was right about the internet. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of money lost on the internet. Yeah. People are treating it like a bonanza. Mm-hmm. I know kids already who've really put themselves in bad spots because they took four credit cards out, maxed them, and bought Bitcoin at 17000 because they <laughs> thought it was going to be thirty-four. It's yeah. already happened. Yeah. It hasn't even, that didn't need to crash. Yeah. People treating it like a bonanza. Yeah. Let me just say this and let this sink in and stick in your fucking brain for the rest of your life. There is no easy money. Yeah. yeah. Like the second you fucking go there, everything will change. Mm-hmm. There's no easy money. You might have had an easy money event, but there's no easy money. Yeah. There's nothing consistent. Yeah. You might have, you can win the lotto. Mm-hmm. Life is like a casino. You can tell me you went last Thursday and won two thousand dollars, and like this is great. Keep going. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's a good insight. You know and, what I mean? Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And then like thinking about your point about happiness and like how that's like extremely important. You also talk a lot about mental health. Yes. And like as you're going through these five years or ten years trying to learn the game, and sometimes it feels like it's going nowhere. What are some routines or what what are your thoughts around like? maintaining mental health or meditation. You talk about a lot of that type of stuff. I think it starts with self-esteem. You know, I think a lot of people are are drugging themselves or looking at meditation or trying to find things to get those voices out of their head. If you didn't wrap your self-esteem up in, I don't, listen, this is a crazy thing to say. It's shocking to me how much my self-esteem is not wrapped up into my business accomplishments when it's basically what I am. Mm -hmm. Because I don't share anything about my family, so nobody really knows me that way. I am shocked about that. And it just makes me so happy. It makes me so yeah. strong, right? Because I'm like, I just, I really just want people to be happy. That's yours too. Like that's probably how you balance a little bit too, right? Yeah, yeah. for sure. Here's my thing. Honestly, it was funny. I was, you kind of caught my attention. You went a little bit different, but like, but the real thing is, is let's go real basic. It's mine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The reason my life is good is some way between my mom parenting her ass off, being an immigrant, mm-hmm. DNA, Who the hell else knows what other factors? Somewhere very early, everything became, this is me, this is mine, nobody else, nobody. I mean, you would be flabbergasted with my inability to take somebody's point of view on things and take it to mean more than my own. I don't think I'm always right. I respect the shit out of other people's opinions. I spend a lot of time watching them, but nobody's judgment of me that I'm a failure ever ever penetrates ever ever mm-hmm. yeah ever yeah and and i want that for others and i'm trying to think about ways to like talk about it to me you know everything's mine it's mine it's like like great i lost like your you saying i lost means nothing compared to me thinking i lost yeah you know what i mean like yeah. like and so i don't know i think people are using too much outside validation to dr- navigate their lives mm-hmm. And I use no outside navigation. Yeah. Even though I'm so public and I'm so out there. It's why I never, you know, the reason I grow audience is I never care about how many followers I, it's never run mm-hmm. through my mind month, once. Yeah. Yeah. 
And for the people that know, don't know, like what are, what are some things that you got going on for the rest of the year? I know you got a new book coming out. I mean, it's coming out, out already. Four, no, no, it comes out in five days, okay. which is exciting. I'm sure by the time you air this, it's out. So it's that's exciting. It, right? Crushing it. It's the follow-up to the book that really put me on. It, it, it's really fun to read Crush It now. I wrote it nine years ago. It came out eight years ago. Or 10, 2008. Yeah, I wrote it 10 years ago. It came out nine years ago. I was so fucking right. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. like honestly though, like you have to understand, like people didn't think you could make money on YouTube or blah. Like mm-hmm. it ended up being so true. And I tried, I'm trying to do that again with this, which yeah. is not about predicting. It's just that people don't realize, like, here's my big thing. Mm-hmm. You can make a million dollars a year or a hundred thousand dollars a year only talking about ties. I mean, mm-hmm. men's ties. <laughs> you have to understand that's powerful. Like, mm-hmm. like what if you grew up in a fashion family, you really love ties. Maybe your father I'm going real deep here. Maybe your father died and like, that's like, you know, but that's what you like early when you were a kid. And the only thing you remembered is he wore a great tie and then ties became your thing and you love ties. And mm-hmm. when you got out of school, you got an internship at fucking who knows Hugo boss. And like, <laughs> it was all about ties. The fact that you can now just post about ties and write about them on Instagram, start a podcast called ties Tuesdays and talk about the industry. And that literally, if you have persevere, if you're good, if you find angles, we now live in a world where what I just said is something that, Hugo Boss and and Fendi and all these other things pay you in sponsorship for your show and you make a hundred thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. Yep. Talking about ties, yep. that's wild. That's crazy. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. I mean, it that's is how, crazy. That's it's, how we started here too. We were, we broke into tag by doing career change and we started sharing on Medium, right? Yeah, we, we just started wrote a story about, about it and then people started asking. How did you do that? And then we did the podcast and then we did the video. And then, and then like, you become okay. a media company. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And humans are the media companies now because the internet is distribution. And so I really want it for people. Like I want it for people. You know, again, she's sitting here. Maribel should be writing about things she's passionate about. And so should DRock and so should every single person, audio or video. It's like, it's fun. It's interesting. It leads to opportunities. You could still have a job. You could, you know, a lot of people risk adverse, even if it's right in front of their face. They're making one. I got, I got an email. Hey, I'm making one thirty a year. I'm good. I finally cleaned up my college debt. I've got two hundred thousand dollars in sponsorship around my soccer thing, but I'm scared to take the leap. And that's somebody who's just conservative. Got yeah. taught by parents yeah. like always have a job, go to school. Like who knows what, right? Yeah. Maybe their dad. I mean, listen, I've seen them all now. Dad took a leap when yeah. they were a kid, failed, so they had to move out of the house. Now they're scared of entrepreneurship, like. You know, like, I mean, guys, just so you know, so many people are going to lose mm-hmm. over the next 10 years that entrepreneurship is not going to be cool when I'm in my late 50s and 60s. <laughs> mm-hmm. Everybody's going to go the other way. Yeah. Yep. Like, that's what happens. Yep. Cycles. Cycles. Yeah. And can we talk about please. college, Dad? Because I think you, this is you, my you, number one fucking passion. Please. Yeah. And also education, because the idea that you'll go get an entrepreneurship degree and get college, Dad, to start a business. An is- entrepreneur degree is the craziest term. I, <laughs> I can't even wrap my head around what that means. That makes yeah. no fucking sense. Yeah. That's like, I think, I think again, you're in the classroom, that, uh, get, that is getting a baseball degree. <laughs> I went to school and got a baseball degree. <laughs> and now I'm going to go be a baseball player. Everybody would laugh you out the window. Yeah. But entrepreneurship, they were able to finagle because it wasn't as obvious. That's a really yeah. good analogy. You got to play. You got to fucking play. play. Yeah. The fuck do you think entrepreneurship is? The second you step on the field, nobody gives a fuck that your grandfather donated to the library of that fucking yeah. school. Where do you think colleges are going over the next like five, 10 years? They'll be the same-ish. Here's my prediction. College debt is going to break our economy. So yeah. here's what I didn't know until my friend Ryan Serhant, who is on Million Dollar Listings, mm-hmm. we did this conference agent 2021 yesterday. We had breakfast just to get to know each other a little bit better. 
And he kind of brought it up. And then I went through this rabbit hole for the last 48 hours. Mm-hmm. I'd been shitting on college debt for a long time. What I didn't know is how many people in their 20s are getting loans mm-hmm. where this, anytime math makes no sense, it's over. Mm-hmm. Here's the analogy. You have $213,000 in college debt on a crazy interest rate. Yep. You're getting paid $84,000 a year in your job. Yep. And you were able to borrow $500,000 to buy an apartment. Yep. Game over. My you friends. can't even game. pay the principal until you get thirty. Game over. Yeah. The ga- it's over. Mm-hmm. Just so you guys know, it's over. This economy, ours, no matter how much Trump puts in tax reform, no matter what, mm-hmm. this country within the next decade will, co- the same way the housing crisis brought down our country, college, and by the way, the only reason I'm saying this, I can't wait to show this video in six years and be on CNN and be like, how'd you know? <laughs> I'm not smart. I'm not smart. It's basic. Yep. It's basic, and you guys know people in this that are living this right now. Yeah. Why does your friend who has four hundred thirteen thousand dollars in debt has a bullshit job? Why is he driving a BMW? Yeah, <laughs> why? True. So shit's gonna hit the fan, and here's what's gonna happen: the brand college is gonna go through the same thing the brand banks went through. Everybody's gonna blame cop. We don't blame ourselves. Mm-hmm. Your friend Omar, who has four hundred thirteen thousand dollars in debt who has an $89,000 a year job, Mm -hmm. who decided to borrow $500,000 to get that apartment Mm -hmm. so he can take the ladies home, Mm -hmm. he's not going to blame himself. He's going to blame fucking Babson. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then we're all going to do that. And guess what's going to happen? People are going to stop sending their fucking kids to college. And I think nowadays, especially like our listeners, they understand that there's alternatives to college and a lot of boot camps like Hack Reactor, App Academy, in three months you're able to learn a new skill and get a job to, which basically you get paid to learn. You, get you mean paid. you mean America in 1930 and 40 and 50 when <laughs> vocational skills mattered, yeah. but then college was built up as a brand and it became the American dream? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like people are confused how this life actually works. Yeah, yeah. yeah and like Timor and I are products of uh, these vocational schools. We had a finance degree, whatever. Do, do we use it today? Zero. And we're wow. slipping off the loans. Yeah, we're slipping <laughs> off the loans for a finance degree by working in software engineering jobs that we acquired in less than a year. So yeah, it's no. funny how things work out. It's interesting. Yeah. So we're going to wrap up with the lightning round. Okay. And uh, this is where we ask you questions, but we're looking for hands-on strategies, tactics, resources that you've used okay. uh, to get to where black you are today. Got yeah, it. black and white. So this question takes us back to the basics. And if you move to a brand new city, you only had $100 and you were starting from scratch and you were either starting a business or breaking into tech, how would you spend that $100? I'd probably spend it on the subway or the bus mm-hmm. to get to businesses to walk directly into the building and ask them if you, I could work there for a year for free. I would serve coffee. I would do this. And I would go backwards. I would start with Facebook. I would start with Facebook or Amazon. I would move to Seattle mm-hmm. or San Francisco because I deem them as the best. Yeah. Or maybe Netflix. Depends on your interest, right? Mm-hmm. I'd pick one of the alpha, alpha companies. And of course, those three companies are going to get the fuck out of here, right? Mm-hmm. But you know how life is crazy, right? Like, I walk into Netflix, somebody, I, I'll, I'll try to be loud, I'll try to make sure there's people in the audience, and not yeah. loud, like make a scene. Yeah. I just try to like walk in when there's a lot of people in the lobby or sitting down and mm-hmm. be like, hey, I'm hungry, I've got skills, I'm willing to work for free for a year, coffee, whatever. I think I'm going to be one of those weird stories that he started off as a coffee boy and he <laughs> ended up running the company is there anybody, can I talk to HR? Is the boss entrepreneurial like that? To me, as I'm walking out and they're like, get the fuck out of here, we're gonna call the cops. I'm wondering if, I'll tell you right now, if I'm sitting in the lobby for a big meeting mm-hmm. at Facebook and I hear that, I'm like, hey, 100%. my girl, come over here. What's your name, Sally? Send me an email. 
because that's interesting. Yeah. So, so I would spend it only on the cheapest transportation to get to the 15 to 30 companies, reenact that over and over. I just know. Something's going to work. Yeah. Because it's me. I'm talented. Yeah. Like, if you're not talented, it won't. Yeah. Notice how I didn't say I'm going to go do an open workout for the Knicks. I keep using sports. <laughs> I keep using sports because sports is black and white. Like, nobody's ever confused. Yeah. You can so, play basketball, but you can't make a living. Yeah. Like, you can be an entrepreneur, but what, most people are not going to make Ari a living. What did Ari Gold say? He said, he said, there's no asterisks in life, only scoreboards. It's just true. <laughs> like, I'm just worried because I'll tell you what I'm most worried about. I do think the kids were overcoddled, theoretically, in mass in this last generation. I'm worried about failing. I'm worried what, uh, it's a public failure. Yeah. It's a public failure. You were the founder of Blue Blanket. It's now out of business. Nobody's going to think anything, like, there's nowhere to hide. Yeah. Like, you know, when you made it pretend that you had better grades than you did because the system pushed you through, mm-hmm. or your parents did something about it, or you used money to cover it up, this one's not going to work that way. Yeah, yeah. So we know you talk a lot about music and things like that. Um, what is a song, the song that you play that like gets you the most motivated when you want to just go into work mode? Um, probably Russ's. Is it me, you, or you, me? Me, you, right? Okay. That. Do you know that song? I never heard it. All right, I'm going to play it right now while we, you yeah, guys okay, get the next thing because yeah. you got to okay. hear these lyrics. Got to. Because you really need to hear it. Okay. It's the, it's, so there hasn't been a lot of songs historically that pump me up. I'm just pumped up, period. Yeah. I don't need fucking music. <laughs> but this song really, 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 I really fuck with it because I, I absolutely want good for everybody. Like, yeah. I'm not kidding. I, it's unbelievable to me, actually. It's weird to me how much I want all of you to win. Yeah. I just want to beat you. Yeah. Like I want you to win, right? But I just need to beat you too. So I have this weird kind of like <laughs> listen to this. Yeah. It gets really 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 interesting. And so what's interesting about this is this was my life in a lot of ways. Like how I lived it and how I thought about a lot of my contemporaries and how they were living their lives, right? So yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Got it out the mud, they respect that me. Always spread the love when I get back, you. Got your hand out, that's a bitch move, you. Always complaining like a bitch do me. Still right here with who I came with, me. Self came, my circles on the same shit, you. Got a different crew every weekend, you. Don't want it that bad, keep sleeping. Yeah. You wish for it, me, I work for it. Everyone passed on me like Kurt wanna search one needy, your career went missing. This ain't overnight, this is year 10 visions, peers listen. You understand? Like, what he talks about here is like, when he says this isn't overnight, this is year 10, I was 34 years old when I started VaynerMedia. I had spent the 12 best years of my youth building my dad's liquor store for him. I left that business, had no money, had no equity. I was worthless to the bank. Like and you went in, you sacrificed. I gave back to my family because they gave to me. Yeah. And the end didn't talk about it until the last year. So literally, not only did I do that, then I went on to become ridiculously successful and watch people write shit about me that I'm a loser and don't listen to him because his daddy put him on when I built my daddy's business for him. Not only did I do it, which I don't expect and ever hear most people ever doing it. Yeah. I not only did it, I fucking went out and then got shit on and got painted in a picture like I got put on mm-hmm. when I put my dad on. And touching on that, you also talk about how like a lot of the things around you are 
a distraction, right? Like it's kind of like like the most most startups don't die from homicide; they die from suicide. A hundred percent. Like people are playing the wrong game. Yeah, yeah. I'm just you know I'm putting in the actual work and getting the actual mm-hmm. results. And even, do you understand what it is to do something super noble and kind and eat shit for another five years where people are saying those kind of things? You know how how it hurt me, but I loved my dad too much and I didn't even want to like go there. Like, Mm -hmm. that's just like, that will always play out. And that's what I'm trying to teach kids. I'm like, don't worry about what people are saying now. Like, you literally bought that chain to make yourself look good to either your homies, to the girls that you're chasing, right? Or... To like prove it, like this one girl, this she's so awesome, and she's doing everything just to stick it to her dad's face because he doesn't believe in her. And I'm like, look, but now you're doing all these stupid things because you want to stick it to your dad's face this year. I'm mm-hmm. like, let me tell you how it plays out. You're gonna lose, and then he's gonna be right. Yep. Why don't you just eat more shit and let your dad shit on you for another six years, and then you get to stick it to him forever? Yep. It's the impatience of sticking it to somebody that's fucking people up. Yep. I want to stick it to everybody. I just knew that I had to really get shit on, really get shit. Guys, I would go see my friends playing high school. We would, uh, Thanksgiving, you, a lot of people go home. So I'd be like 27, right? This is now five years out of school. Now Wine Library's on its path. I've, uh, for every, most of you don't know me. My dad had a business doing 3 million. Now it's doing like 22. So we've made it. Like I blew it up quick. Mm-hmm. We're playing football on those Thursdays, you know, like on that Friday after Thanksgiving because everybody's yeah. back, your college friends, your high school yeah. friends, I mean. Yeah. So I'm back in the neighborhood. We're playing football. Some of my friends are now like on Wall Street. Some of my friends are doing stuff. They all pull up in like a Beamer or this and that, right? And like sometimes I'd see like their siblings or we'd go to like mm-hmm. one of the houses of the of the parents and literally they would say things like, this is verbatim. Oh man, so you, so you work for your dad's liquor store, huh? <laughs> wow. That's wild. And, and I'm sitting there like, I'm gonna be the best entrepreneur of all time. Yeah. But I'm 27 right now. And there's 24 year olds listening right now, like that want to make it proof now, mm-hmm. and like they're just doing stupid shit. Yeah, no yeah. patience. Yeah, lack of patience is going to kill 90 percent of the listeners. 100. Yeah, and Gary talked about. Um, I like how we're going to go lightning round, black and white. It's all good. You're dropping jams. This is this is great. So you talk about uh, kind of your spirit, your entrepreneurship spirit. What do you want your legacy to be? That I gave more than I took. So I think I think I get to be the best entrepreneur of this era. Zucks and Elon and Bezos, they're going to make more money than me. I can feel it with every ounce of my soul, right? I expect to make a ton, but I'm not catching them. But they're not giving back the way I am. I like that. I like that. They're giving back in different ways. Listen, Zucks is a real good dude doing stuff for the world. Bezos is so creative. Like he may he may save the human race, and we get to outer space. Elon's on some different shit in the same way. (laughs) I just I'm giving back. Mm-hmm. To this room, everybody who's listening, I'm gonna go downstairs and give back. I'm giving, I'm giving back. Like I'm giving all my content for free. I'm not doing it because I want you to sign up for my course. Like mm-hmm. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. And like that, I think makes me, at least by the way I judge, gives me. I'll tell you this: more people are coming to my funeral than Elon, Zucks, and Bezos combined, and that makes me feel incredible. Yeah. I know it's gonna happen. Yeah. Now look, they're gonna be like. Maybe private. They might have some private funerals. I don't know how they're going to do it, but I, I think I I think I will touch more people. Yeah. And and I'm doing it because I'm leaving huge economics on the table. I'm I'm taking real money out of my pocket because you only have 24 hours a day. Yep. The fuck am I doing here today? Yeah. Took me the whole day to fly halfway across the country. Excuse me, across the country. I mean, it's, 
I don't know. Like, this is, this is yeah. one of my days yeah, this year. You give right? Out. And there's 250 yeah. days when you take him, you know, like, like I'm here. And so like, I'm doing that for legacy. I'm doing that for karma. I'm doing it because it's the right thing to do. And I'm doing it by teaching people how to drink the water. Yep. Mm-hmm. Most people that are doing it want you to like be the horse under them. Yeah. And yep. give yep. you half of their water. Like, you know, you understand yep. I'm doing it so different and I'm great at what I do, so it's not. It's great. It's great advice coming from somebody who's great at it. So it's like you know, it's literally back to sports. If you tell me LeBron is fucking taking three hours out of his day going to fucking high schools and mini camps and teaching kids how to play basketball, I honestly think that's what the fuck I'm doing. That makes me feel real good. And so the fact that I'm going to get plenty, I will absolutely have real fucking money. And the fact I have real people that have really helped at scale. That's fucking game changing. Crushing it. I love when people I'm, I post about crushing it. They're like, oh, Gary Vee, see? He acts like he cares. He wants you to buy the book. I'm like, motherfucker, it's $17. Yep. If, you think, if you think my book is a good use of my time, you're out of your fucking mind. I wrote the book because a lot of people don't learn from one minute videos on Instagram or one medium post or a lot of people learn from books. Yep. I write books because people learn from them. Yep. I don't. Yep. But like my fucking book deal is bullshit. Yeah. Everybody, everybody learns differently. So, I mean, I think on that note, man, I, I think it's, we look forward to reading your book. We look forward to um, seeing you being the future owner of the New York Jets. Thank you. I uh, will <laughs> check out the, the shoes and everything like that. And is there a way yeah, for everybody to keep, you, keep are you, th- you three have to, forget about keeping, t- yeah, it's Gary VEE, you'll find me. But you yeah. three need to make the commitment. I got a real fresh sneaker coming out. What do you Hell think, yeah. June? Yeah, that's good. It will do it. The last one sold out crazy. Of course. But this time we're making a fuckload. So yeah. now I need everybody to buy them. Hey, yeah, we'll get those. For Love sure. it. We're on board yeah. for Bring South's community. Done. Sold some yeah. sneakers on the way out. See ya. Right. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Peace, Peace out. out. Peace out. Thanks. Hey, podcast. It's Gary V. Super excited about another audio experience. This is a little bit more about music. Uh, go right now to Spotify. By the way, we need to put it on Apple Music too. Okay, good. Uh, Please go to Spotify, maybe even Apple Music right now if my team can move fast before we post this on the podcast. Go to Spotify and search Monday to Monday, Monday to Monday. A song uh, was inspired by a meeting I had with Saba, uh, the incredible artist Saba Pivot, uh, uh, called Monday to Monday, but that's not what you're looking for, though you should listen to that song. You should scroll all the way down in the search in Spotify to playlists, and the first thing that will show up is my uh, Gary V public profile playlist called Monday to Monday. Every Monday I update it with some of the old school classics like Lionel Richie and Diana Ross and Millie Vanilli and Bone Thugs and Harmony. But for a lot more of you, the far majority, 85, 90% of it is new stuff that I'm listening to. A lot of you ask because of Daily V and just in general when I share on uh, social just my my thugged out music, (laughs) my hip hop culture. Anyway, nonetheless, uh, check it out. Go to Spotify right now. Search Monday to Monday. I'm gonna give you a second right now because I know you're running. You can actually probably minimize the podcast right now. Open Spotify, search Monday to Monday, T-O Monday. Scroll all the way to the bottom, playlists. Follow that playlist and get straight fire every Monday morning.